And as they make their way back, I invite you to stand as you are able as we come to God's word. We stand to honor God, and so that's why we ask you to stand every time that, that we, uh, we focus on uh, what God is trying to reach us with today. And this, this scripture is from the Apostle Paul. Like Paul was an early follower of Jesus, and he wrote most of our New Testament. There were letters to different churches like ours. And in this he is talking to people who are struggling. And they're wondering, okay, there's these outside things that are causing pain for them, but where's God in the middle of that? You have to hear this, especially if you have struggles right now. So he says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, He may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm sure you've had hectic weeks right now, and I'll bet there's things on your heart that maybe no one else knows right now, but God does. And with that, I think sometimes it's so important just, just to take a breath. Can you do that with me right now? How about one more? You know, the average person takes about 15 to 20 breaths a minute. It's ingrained in us. We don't have to think about it. It just happens, right? Well, when I was a, a younger, in Fairwater, Wisconsin, this huge metropolis, I mean, it's, it's enormous, um, we would get to the edge of town and, okay, Fairwater at the time had 308 people. It's now boomed to 350. What's up, Fairwater? All right, for any of you watching online. But we would get all the way to the edge of town, and my parents would be driving or someone else, and my brother would be in one, one side of the seat or maybe a buddy, and we'd get to one edge of town, and we'd get to this certain point, and this is what we'd see, the cemetery. So you know what you have to do when you hit the cemetery, right? You have to... <gasps> You have to hold your breath. You've got to do it, right? You know this. We, we were taught this, and my parents are like, what are you doing? And me and my buddy or my brother, we'd say, they'd say, why are you doing that? And we'd be like, I don't know. But we know we've got to do it. And then we'd say, I won. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. 
we didn't even know why we were doing that, but someone said, you hold your breath during that, or you hold your breath under a tunnel, and we do the same thing. You'd get to a tunnel. <laughs> ah! you got to hold your breath during the tunnel and cemeteries. You know why, right? You don't know why? There's this old superstition. I didn't even know this at that time. But if you look it up, this is what it says. If you don't hold your breath as you pass a cemetery, you will die or become possessed. That's the old superstition. We had no idea. We're just like, you just hold your breath and do it. And, but I'm here to tell you that I've been in a number of cemeteries. I've been at burials. I've been to family members. I haven't held my breath. And somehow I'm still kicking everyone. <laughs> if you've been one, you know that too. So that superstition really is just, it's just an old wives' tale. What's another name for it? It's not true. It's a, it's a lie. I wonder what things in life, there are things that come at us. And it's so easy, isn't it? Things come at any side. And, and it's so easy easy to just lose our way and to wonder like as they come at us what's next is that the truth and sometimes we believe things even as followers of jesus that aren't quite the truth but we buy them and i think it comes back to this take a breath with me do you know there are people that voluntarily try to train themselves to hold their breath longer than anyone else. And, and some of them are these free divers. This is crazy. Do you know the average person, 15 to 20 breaths a minute, but they have trained themselves, then the average person can hold their breath maybe a, a couple minutes, but they can hold their breath up to, this is wild, 10 minutes. And they voluntarily do this. They go to a deep like the ocean or another sea, and they, they dive down without oxygen, and on one breath of air, they go down as far as they can. Why would you do this, right? Well, one of them, his name is William Winram, and he, at the age of 10, William was told by his dad, they were at the dock, and his dad was a free diver himself, and his dad said to his little 10-year-old, said, son, here you go. I'm going to toss your snorkel, your mask, your weight belt, and your fins off the dock. And he watched them go all the way down. It's 40 feet deep. And as a 10-year-old, his dad said, okay, jump in, dive all the way to the bottom, get them, clear the mask, and come up. So his son, William, he tried. And so he dove in, and he could only get a few feet lower. And, and then he'd come up, and he's like, oh, he's frustrated. So he tried again, and he could only go a couple feet down. I mean, he was so far down. So he got up, and he came to his dad, and he said, Dad, I, I can't do it. It's not possible. And his dad said, son, how about if you just exhale, let your breath out, and try it again? He tried it again, and he was able to go all the way down. A 10-year-old, 40 feet deep. I've never been that deep for any body of water. I wouldn't want to. Can you imagine as a 10-year-old water just surrounding you on every side? 
on the top, on the bottom, on the left and right. And he grabbed all his stuff, and he came up on one breath of air. William now has held one of the world records. I want to show you, this was his world record free dive. And you'll be able to watch him as I'm continuing to talk and preach. They're going to show it in real time, him going down. And here he starts. One breath of air. Here he goes. His lowest point here, the world record at the time, was 145 meters. Now I know we're in the U.S., so we don't know what a meter really is. It's about a yard, and so that's about a football field and a half that he's diving down to. Three minutes and I think nine seconds to get to his lowest point. But then what do you have to do once you get to that lowest point? You'll see it. He's going to have to, he's going to, have to get back up, to swim back up. So can you imagine you get to your lowest point, you're like, yep, this is as low as I can go, and now I still have to climb back up the same way I went without any more air. Now for those of you who are trying to hold your breath, don't, don't do it right now. You're, you're not going to be able to do this with him. Look at he's gotten to that point. Now as he's gotten to this, look at that. There's nothing, nothing but water around him. It's not giving him air. No, on every corner around him is the stuff that could kill him, right? As you watch him, isn't this what life feels like sometimes? We need, we need things that give us air. We need the things that give us life. We need the things that are going to sustain us. And sometimes it feels like you get to a point and you're surrounded. Maybe surrounded by bills and you're like, I I just don't know how to get out of it. I'm trying to come up for air, but I I just can't. Now that next bill comes, the the car breaks down or you have a health thing. And then all at once you're like, I don't know how to get back up. Or maybe for you, it's it's the health of someone that you're you're just desperate for. You're trying, trying to get life, but you're surrounded by something else. Or maybe you're grieving someone, someone that's such, been such a shining light for you, like, like Kathy Hogan. And for you, you need, you need air right now. What is it for you that it just feels like you're just surrounded? In the middle of this, he's almost there. Look at others, others right by him, maybe encouraging him. There's the surface. As he gets to the top, I want you to do something with me. Let's take a breath. What is it that's stealing your life today? What is it that's dragging you down? And how do you get air? Especially, how do you get life? How do you sustain yourself? Well, as followers of Jesus, this is a key question for us. And that's why I'm so thankful we're, we're, we're finishing up a sermon series now. The last one was about finding different things because of Jesus, like joy and love and purpose and hope. And this one is about losing things. So I, I truly believe that we need to lose something, something that's dragging us down, something that seems like it's surrounding, and that's what it is. It's lies that limit us. 
And it's so easy to believe the superstitions, to believe the things and even the struggles and pain and grief that that's our reality. But the Apostle Paul is telling us such a different story about God and how, what God wants for us. So if you feel like everything's, it's just like that, that ocean surrounding him and putting pressure on him in that low spot, maybe you're in that low spot today. So how do we, how do we come up for air? Well, check this out. I, I want you to see, first of all, in verse 20 of his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3. We heard this already. But first of all, he says, are you struggling? You have things surrounding you? He says, well, let's go back to him. This is God who, by the power at work within us, what is he able to do? Accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. So first of all, if you're, if you're seeing something, if you're surrounded by whatever it is that you're struggling with, I want you to know that, first of all, we, what Paul's saying is, God has more hopes for you, God has more in store for you than that thing that, is just, that you just don't think you can get by. The thing that's dragging you down. The thing that's stealing life from you. That God has more purpose and more hope. He has that next step. So how do we do that? I think it comes back to William Winram. Now William, he and others who have trained themselves, he said this about how he's trained. Do you know the average person, like I said, they, we can hold our breath for a few minutes, but he said our bodies are wired in a certain way, that as we hold our breath, or after a certain point, the oxygen, we're using it, but something else is rising as we're using the oxygen. It's carbon dioxide. And our, our brains, as they, as they feel it, after about 30 seconds, our brain's like, oh, okay, you, you need to take a breath. The carbon dioxide's coming up, but your brain's saying, because I'm seeing that carbon dioxide, I must need more oxygen. So take a breath. And your body's saying, do it, because you've got, you got to get life. And so your body automatically does this. But he said, do you know what? Your brain is tricking you. Now your brain is saying, you need more oxygen. That carbon dioxide's telling me there's not enough. But he's like, that's not the truth. The reality is that we don't have to take that many breaths to survive. So actually, William has trained himself over the years. In fact, he'll be watching TV. Um, he'll be watching the Viking game. I don't know why he would do that. But let's say he is, and he's watching it. And instead of breathing like the normal 15 to 20, he takes two or three breaths. A minute. Because he's like, you know what? My brain's tricking me and I'm going to train it because I want to dive deeper. I know I can go further. Because he says, you know what? There's that carbon dioxide, but that's not impacting my body. My body still has the oxygen it needs. It's still there. This carbon dioxide's throwing it off. He's like, that's what you need to get past. And I thought, whoa, what if... We have all these things surrounding us, the bills, the health. We have other things where we're like, oh, I'm, I'm hurting, and I, I'm wondering how am I going to get through this. And below me is the stuff with my family. I don't know how to get through it. It's just surrounding me. What do I do? We have to come back for air. So can you do this with me again? Take a breath. Sometimes what we need to do is take a breath, and come back to the truth. So what's the truth? Because the lie 
is that all of these things are surrounding, and I can't get through them. There's something else surrounding you. Let's look at this. Paul tells it so powerfully. He says, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend, not the carbon dioxide, not the struggles, not, not the stuff that seems like it's above and below and surrounding you. No. He says, I want you to have the power to comprehend with all the saints that no matter what's surrounding you, here is what's really surrounding you. The breadth, the length, the height, the depth of what? The love of Christ. Whoa. So when you feel like you're surrounded, when you feel like you can't get that next step, when you're not going to be able to get through things, take a breath. You realize you are surrounded, surrounded by the love of God. That you can't get, you can't get past it. You try to get to a point, and sometimes we say, I've done something so bad, so terrible, that now God, I've messed up his purpose. And that is a lie. And that limits us, because God has more in store. And sometimes we say, you know what? I failed God, and I, I just don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not only does he not have a purpose, maybe he doesn't even care anymore. What Paul's saying, there's no way. It's just like this picture. God's love is surrounding us. We can't get by it. But we think our mind's tricking us that these lies are the things that define us. So what do we do? Well, Rob Bell, he's a pastor and author. He talks about God. And in one of his most powerful things, he he talks about God's name. So when Moses encounters God for the first time, he says, who are you? And God, from a burning bush, he says, I am. What he literally says is his, his name. Does anyone that's not a pastor here, um, can they tell me what that name is in the Old Testament? Oh, you're whispering it. As a good Lutheran, you just whisper it. Don't tell others. Yahweh or Jehovah. You know, in the ancient Hebrew, because our Bible, you know, people didn't speak English. Did you know this? It was an ancient language. So his name is Yahweh. But in Hebrew, this is what it sounds like. Yah, hey, ho, ha. Yah, hey, ho, ha. God's name literally is breath. So in Rob Bell says it so well. He says, so when a baby's born and they take a breath for the first time, is it that they're taking a breath? Or is that they're saying the name of God? And what if when at the very end of your life, whenever that is, when you're not able to take another breath in to have life, is it that you can't take in oxygen? Or is it that you can't say the name of God anymore? What if we are so fixated on these lies, these things that we think define us? Some of them are good and some of them are far, far, far from good. And what if even as you're wondering and you're crying out and you're, 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 you're shaking your fist at life and you're so hard and in that breath, as you're saying, I don't know how to get through this, you're saying the name of God. He's surrounding you. He can't get enough of you. He won't leave you. And that's the truth. And so this is what I want us to do. Take a breath. And as you face whatever it is today, let's know the truth. 
the truth that our God loves you, that our God is with you, that our God is leading you. You can't get away from him. And so now with this holy breath, with the name of God always on our lips, no matter what we are saying, we can go out now and show others that they need God, that they need him to get through life, to get through the lies that threaten to overtake them, that we have the chance to proclaim that it's his name above all other names. Amen. Let's pray. God, for people, sometimes life just takes our breath away. We get winded. We get tired. We get hit so hard. It feels like those troubles, our pain, our grief, our shame, that it's just surrounding us. But God, Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you for the amazing way that he came to us 2,000 years ago. God, remind us that he comes to us now, that you are with us, and that we can go out from here no matter what, no matter what we face, no matter where our life takes us to, to see the truth that you are with us. It's going to help us to realize that what you did on that cross means everything. It changes everything. And because of that last breath you took, wow, we are able to take a new breath once we breathe our last. That we'll join Kathy and so many others that we desperately miss. And we'll be able to celebrate with you in heaven forever. Thank you for that truth, for that love, for that life. In your name we pray and all God's people said, Amen.